Uh, this morning, I want to continue where I left off last Sunday. We had a great service this morning, first service, and uh, I want to encourage you this morning, uh, and the title of my sermon is How to Build Character in Children, and uh, godly character is what we're, we're, we're looking at. Godly character is what is critical, and uh, we understand that it's so important that we, we make sure that our children understand and learn from us as adults, as parents, caregivers, uh, those who God has placed uh, us in charge over. Uh, it is our responsibility to make sure that we teach them about God, the miracles that God has worked, the important things that God uh, has done in our lives, as well as if it's a ministry involved in ministry. And so uh, we talked last week briefly. I just want to cover a few points that we uh, uh, covered last week. The three main areas where children develop their personality and character. Number one, obviously, is in the home, where they live with their family, where they're raised. They learn things there. Also with their peers, the friends that they, they hang out with, those that they're involved with in their neighborhood. Then there's the other uh, aspect of school, where they go to school at, how much time they spend there, what they're taught what they learn in that school, or whether it's a, a day, daycare center, K through 12, whatever the case might be. Whatever that is, we as uh, Christian men and women need to stand in the gap to make sure that we help them to overcome any sinful patterns uh, that might be developing in their lives. And it's so important for us uh, that we groom them according to the Word of God. Now, I understand, you know, that, that there are things they're going to go through, there are aspects in their life as growing up that they're going to have to uh, uh, develop as far as, you know, personalities. And that's what I want to take a look at uh, this morning, kind of cover quickly what we spoke about last week, personality versus character. And there's a difference between personality and character. What is personality? Well, we learned the word personality comes from the Latin word persona, and uh, that refers to the days where they used to wear theatrical masks, and uh, people used to play different parts, and they would disguise themselves, and then put on another mask, and they would go out and, and play a different personality. Personality, basically, is what others see when they look at us. The way we dress, the way we comb our hair, uh, the different styles you might be uh, uh, involved with concerning your outward appearance, the way you speak, uh, uh, your, your hand motions and something. You know, it's, it's all involved in that. Whether you're outgoing, you're sociable, you're good nature, uh, that's part of your personality that people see. Also, uh, they see the opposite, if the opposite is true. They see if you're a grouch, oh, that person, stay away from them, they're a grouch. You know, or maybe they are impatient or they get agitated easily. These are the outward things that, that uh, people identify with us. And so we understand and we need to know that some of those personality traits will be passed on uh, to our children. You know, we know that when we see our kids or we see some of our family's kids, oh, they look like, you know, uncle so-and-so or they look like grandma so-and-so and you know, they're just like dad. You know, in other words, what they're saying is they have some of the outward traits. Then there's the issue of character. 
versus personality. What is character? Character is what's developed on the inside. It's not so much outwardly. They are our core values. A collection of traits that uh, our behavior shows outwardly who we really are. What's going on inside that uh, sometimes comes out and is exposed outwardly. It's seen in our integrity. You know, how, how much of a person we are when it comes to integrity. Our attitudes towards moral issues. How we treat those around us. Those are all character traits that are developed uh, in us. Character is who we are as Christians that I want to speak about because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's so important that we develop character according uh, to our relationship with Christ because that will come out how we treat people, how, how we are with others. That's so, so important. It's something that is built inside and it is learned as we follow the Word of God. And so important that we teach our children those things. Now, last week we opened up with Scripture out of the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter number 5 and number 6. Now, I'm not going to take time to, to read those Scriptures because there were a lot of them. But in your spare time, those maybe who weren't here, go back and read Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. Two verses that are important let you know where I'm going with this uh, sermon. And then also chapter 6, the first nine verses. And basically what they talk about is they talk about the second and third generation and how critical it, us, it is for us to make sure that we pass on the truths of God's word, that we teach them carefully. And that's the second point where I left off last Sunday. Teach them carefully. Twice in those scriptures, it says, be careful how you teach them. Be careful what you teach them. So it gives, to, it gives us the understanding of responsibility that has been given and passed on to us. Now, the word careful comes uh, and, and, and is defined as keep watch over to preserve, and take charge, and to protect. So that gives us a picture as parents or as, as, as guardians of, of those children that we need to protect them. We need to preserve the Word of God in their lives. We need to keep watch over them and uh, make sure that they're doing the right thing preserve and take charge. And I, meant, I meant, mentioned last week that we need to be in charge, not the kids. How many can say amen? Uh, I think too many times nowadays the kids are in charge. Well, you like that one. Okay. Must be a lot of parents here. You know, nowadays it seems like the kids want to rule. The kids want to be in charge. And sometimes we're timid when it comes to taking charge, especially when it comes to the things of God. And so we, we are warned here to be careful twice in those scriptures to make sure that we watch over them. So this morning, what I want to do is start off with this, this verse in Psalm chapter 78. This is going to be my text for this last part of the sermon. Because here, it's, it's referring somewhat to Deuteronomy, but yet gives us a different picture out of the book of Psalms chapter 78. 
and it's the first seven verses. The importance of us as Christian men and women, caregivers, those who are uh, been given the responsibility to raise children. Listen to what it says. My people hear my teaching. Listen to the words from my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable or a story. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, and the wonders He has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which He commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born and they in turn would tell their children. And then it says, what would happen after, if we do that? Then they would put their trust in God and not forget his deeds. What a powerful group of scriptures here this morning that speaks to us about the responsibility of making sure that we share with our kids the great things that God has done in our lives. Has God done great things in your life uh, today, yesterday, last month, uh, last year? Of course he has. And he will continue to do them, but it doesn't stop there. It's our responsibility to let the kids know about them, share with them. And you know the powerful thing it says here, that when we do that, the generation that follows will remember and they will know and teach their children. And guess what? Kids that are not even born yet. And then they will teach their kids that are going to come. It's a succession of godly character and wisdom being developed in the generations. That's our responsibility. That's so important that we influence them that way because children tend to practice what we practice and do not so much what we say. How many found that to be true? How many times do you have to tell a kid to clean the room? How many, tell, how many times do you have to tell a child not to do this or not to do that? Over and over again. But usually when they see us do something, they will mimic us and they will copy us. This is why no one has more influence over another person's life or choices than the influence of a parent or a guardian. Character formation happens when they see and they hear us in those times when we think they're not watching or there are times when they think we think they're not listening. When we make choices of right versus wrong, they watch and they remember. This is how you and I learned our levels of spirituality, what, what we think about God. We learned it from our parents. Our attitudes towards money, how we handle money, towards our hygiene, personal health, communication styles, and how to have relationships. They learned that from us, their parents or their guardians. They learn how we respond to society and what society calls normal, the behaviors right versus 
wrong attitudes. They learn that from us and the family members that they're around. So as earthly parents, our most powerful teaching tool is our example, that of modeling. Our children learn in the home from their father how to treat their mother and how to relate to other women. That's where they learn it. Our children in the home learn from their mother how to treat their father and how to relate to men. That's a, that's a progression of character and of values uh, that is passed on to the generations that will follow. And as children grow up into adulthood and enter into marriage, or even if they don't enter into marriage, that they become adults, they will tend to recreate the kind of family values or atmosphere in which they've grown up in. That's a part of the natural progression the Bible speaks about concerning teaching children and the consequences of not the progression of generational strongholds. So this morning, if parents are good and they work at communicating in respecting one another, in supporting one another and are honest with one another, and they place themselves under the lordship of Jesus Christ, those character traits will be passed on to their children and uh, prayerfully to their children's children if they continue with those uh, character traits. They'll grow up into the same kind of adults. And it works the other way also. If children grow up in a home and they're raised by parents who are always looking out for number one, they're selfish, they don't care about godly things uh, or anyone else, they will cultivate another generation of parents who think about other people only when it's convenient and self-serving. In other words, uh, we, cannot, we cannot help but pass on our values to our children. That's a natural spiritual progression that takes place. So what does that mean this morning? It means for you and I that we reach beyond our generation. That when we make decisions in life, when we determine uh, what we're going to do in life, don't think it only affects you as, as a parent or as a guardian. But the decisions we make, the choices we make, obviously are going to affect those who are coming behind us. In Exodus chapter number 20, I want to read with you this morning. As uh, God is speaking uh, to Israel, the, he's giving them instruction to be careful because they're going to come into a land where there is idolatry, where there are false gods, and he's warning them to make sure that they don't fall into the trap of forgetting their God, Jehovah God. And this is what he says in verse number 5, Exodus chapter 20. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me 
and keep my commandments. And see, this is where Jesus comes in, in our lives. Even though maybe we were, some of us, raised uh, in uh, difficult situations, devastating home atmosphere. If we allow Jesus uh, to, to be a lordship in our life, uh, those strongholds, those things uh, will be broken uh, and we will break through those generational issues. We can pass them back into our children. And that's so important that we as parents continue to move on forward for Jesus. This is why the devil understands Scripture. He understands uh, the value systems of the world. And uh, this is why when we go through trials, we go through obstacles that come our way to try to trip us up and discourage us from following through in our faith. He understands the consequences are not just for us, but it will impact the generations to come. That's what the trials and the obstacles and the hardships of life are all about. That God allows us to go through them. Yes, we know that they purify us. We understand that they are meant to strengthen us sometimes, but yet there's a strategy that the enemy uses those to basically knock us out and get us uh, from serving the Lord. So it's going to affect the generations to follow. But when Jesus gets involved and we allow Jesus to be the Lord of our life and of our home, uh, those things now we have given our children a, a chance for greater success uh, in their lives if they follow through with what they've been taught to overcome those things. You know, all of us have issues that we have to deal with concerning uh, these generational things that maybe our parents uh, went through that weren't serving God, that are maybe grandparents, etc., and so on. And we have to deal with those. And the only way that we can be successful in overcoming them is as we keep our life in correct relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the only way we're going to make it. It's the only way our kids are going to make it, and their kids. And it, it kind of it gives me a new concept of even kids that aren't even born yet and their children, the Bible goes so far as to speak about. And that tells me that God wants uh, to preserve his, his generations of those that will serve him. Because we're living in times where, man, people want to knock Christianity down. They, they, they want to discredit it and, and, and just, you know, remove it uh, from, from its position in the world. And we need to fight for that. And the way we do that is to make sure we preserve the Word of God. The generations are going to preach the Word of God. He's created in us an individual will. And we all have choices to make. We all have decisions to make. God will never force us to serve Him, to follow His command. As Joshua said to Israel, Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And we have choices to make as parents, as guardians of those children. God has given us the privilege of raising. And so we have the choices to make uh, to uh, do what's right with them and teach them the scripture and the word of God. Or to let that go by the wayside. We have to break those generational strongholds. Some people call them curses. Call them whatever you want. They are strongholds that the enemy wants to uh, continue 
to be a part of our lives. I read a story of a preacher who came across a 13-year-old boy who was sitting on the porch uh, of his rundown house, and he was smoking cigarette there in the middle of the street, kind of on the curb. And the, the preacher came by walking because he was passing out flyers. He said, where's your father? The boy answered. He said, well, he's in jail for selling drugs and being a deadbeat dad. Preacher asked, well, where's your mother? The boy answered, she ran out for the cop that arrested my father. Next, the pastor asked, well, do you have a brother? The boy answered, yeah, he's going to Harvard. The preacher said, thank God somebody's doing something with their life. What's he studying, the preacher asked. The boy answered, oh, he's not studying nothing. They're studying him. You see, when the second and third generation doesn't pass on or doesn't care what's going to happen to the following generation, there's a succession of hardship and struggle that's going to take place. The English poet Alexander Pope, he wrote these words, As the twig is bent, so grows the tree. You've all seen trees, newly fresh planted trees, and uh, a lot of times what they do is they put stakes next to those trees and they tie the tree to those stakes. Why do they do that? They do that so the tree will grow straight. So it will not grow crooked. And they put those stakes next to the, on the sides of the tree, not when it's grown, but when it's young and it's starting to grow. To train the tree to grow straight and tall. Same thing with our kids. You know what they call those stakes for our children? They're called rules. Would you say that word with me? Rules. Not a lot of people like that word. Not a lot of, pe not a lot of people today like to follow rules. We see it. You've been driving down the street in your car and it says yield or it says stop and people just blow right by the red light. They blow right. They, they, you know, people just don't like to follow rules nowadays. These stakes, the Word of God, are what's to help our children grow straight and strong uh, in Jesus' name. They're to help them be successful when they get older, not to hurt them or to harm them, but to guide them and to help them along in life. Uh, we should not be afraid of teaching them the Word of God or insisting that they follow God's Word. We should give them the Word of God, teach them when we go as, as Deuteronomy. I didn't read those scriptures, but when you go back and read Deuteronomy chapter 5 and 6, it talks about uh, reading the Word of God when you go to bed, when you rise up, when you walk down the path, uh, when you open the door, and when you close the door. Read the Word of God to them. Why? Because you're guiding them and helping them to walk through life. So important, at some point, we will all choose how we're going to behave. And, you know, I understand, you know, we have kids that come through our school, and that's what I love about our school. You know, we have K through 12, we have preschool here, and we have godly people who teach our children academics. We believe in academics. It's important teaching them. But yet, academics without character is not going to do kids any good when they get out there in life.
But, but character, we teach them here that development, and I get so excited. The reason I'm saying that is because, yes, you know, there are kids who come to our school or people who come to our church, kids grow up in church, and they take off and they go crazy. They go out there and they just run crazy and, you know, run with the devil. But you know what? When they get older and they have a family... You know what we've seen from some of those kids who have grown up in, in our church and went to our school and graduated from 12th grade and went out and did crazy things? You know what happens? They start enrolling their kids in our school because they understand that they don't want their kids to end up doing the same things they did by messing up. So they bring their kids back to our school. Praise God for that. Why? Because character is so critical and important. They understand the foundation of making sure their children are going to grow up straight, just like the scripture speaks about. And we all have choices. Let me ask a question as I ask our worship team to come up this morning. For those of us, I'd like to ask, who are first-generation Christians here? In other words, you're the first person in your household to get saved. Would you lift your hand? I wanna, I, I'd like to get an idea. You're the first person in your household to get saved. Okay, that's cool. All right, so there are a lot of hands that went up, but there are just as many, if not more, hands that didn't go up, and you know what that tells me? That you already know about Jesus, that you are not the first generation, but there have been generations before you who are serving God, who taught you the scripture of God's word, and that's why you're in church today, because it works, and you're following after Jesus. So important. Whoever taught you, they did their job. Now it's us, up to us as first-generational Christians, if that's the case, to follow through and to make sure our children, and we do whatever's necessary to see them follow through in the things of God. So what that means is it's time for a checkup. You ready for a checkup? Nobody likes checkups. You like checkups? You go to the doctor, it's time for your checkup. Oh, what are they going to find now? You know, what am I, what am I have to stop eating now? No more chili cheese fries or, you know, what, what are they going to cut away? We don't like checkups, especially when you take your car. The red light comes on. Don't like that because you know it's dollar signs all over the place. We just don't like checkups. But you see, God speaks to us through his word, and it's like a mirror that James speaks about, that when we need to look into it and not forget what we see, but remember. And maybe we need to look at some things in our lives. Because again, as I said, we're the models, the examples that God wants to use for the next and the following generations. As parents... We need to make sure that we maintain that process of practical application, looking at God's word. What needs to change? Where am I at? What's wrong versus what's, what needs to, what is, is okay and I need to help that grow more. Because as God changes our character, listen to this, as we as adults allow God to change our character and develop us, to be more Christ-like, those generational effects of sin 
and strongholds will be reversed and not be so dominant and not be so powerful in our lives and will begin to diminish them in our children's and their children's life. That's God's design. That's what God wants. So the question to ask is, what character qualities do we want to pass on to our children? To the next generation, to their children, grandchildren, if that's the case. What are those character qualities you want them to see that maybe you don't see in them right now? And when you answer that question, you know what we need to do? We need to say, God, change me so that I can be a better example in my life so that they can begin to change in theirs. Too many times we look at our kids and say, we want to change that, change that, do this, change that. But we ought to be looking at ourselves because they got it from somewhere. You know, they say the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. Ouch. <laughs> right? Ouch or amen. So then we say, God, help me to become more like you so that in turn that can be transitioned to my children and their children. Let's not allow what happened to Joshua's next generation to happen to ours. Joshua's generation did some wonderful things for God. They accomplished some great things for the people of God. But yet, in Judges chapter 2 and verse 10, listen to what it says. That after Joshua's generation passed away, the next generation did not know God or what he had done for them. And in verse 12 says, And they abandoned God, and they worshipped the gods of the people around them. The very thing that in Exodus God says, don't let happen. Make sure you share with your children the miracles and the wonders that I've done for you so that they will not forget me and uh, they will follow after me. Something happened that it was not passed on. So this morning, as we bow our heads before the Lord for a few moments, I want us to think about our lives. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are we allowing to come into our minds, into our lives? What are we allowing our children to receive? I'm an advocate of Christian education. Let me just clarify, whether it be our Christian school or someone else's Christian school, I prefer ours, but put them in a Christian school where they can learn the Word of God as well as academics so that what's going into them will not defile them, but will build their character. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So this morning, I want you to think about your life and maybe those areas you think need to be strengthened according to God's Word. They need to be redirected so that we can help the next generation that follows. What I'd like for us to do this morning is to stand, if we could.